1: Join heads of state, influential ministers, and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights, and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at cuttereconomicforum.com.
2: Foxconn's EV drive. Can the company that makes most of the world's iPhones pivot to building electric cars in Ohio? by Reed Stevenson. In what was once a humming General Motors plant in northeastern Ohio, hundreds of yellow robot arms stand idle in a darkened assembly hall. Semis no longer deliver steel, parts, and paint to the loading docks. The huge parking lots, where finished cars once waited to be picked up and carried onto Interstate 80 just across the street and then on to dealerships, are empty. After half a century assembling Chevrolet Impalas, Cavaliers, and Cruises, GM shuttered the Lordstown complex just outside Youngstown, near the Pennsylvania border, as part of a cost-cutting effort in 2019. It initially sold the facility to Lordstown Motors, a startup that struggled for a few years to build electric trucks before filing for Chapter 11 in June. Yet, despite GM's exit and Lordstown's bankruptcy, the factory remains alive if on life support, thanks to a radically different owner, Hanhai Precision Industry, better known as Foxconn, the giant electronics producer based in Taiwan. Each morning, Taiwanese staffers show up for work with a few hundred former GM employees, many of them wearing T-shirts and baseball caps with Foxconn's logo. They spend their time getting rid of obsolete equipment, taking inventory and testing machines that once stamped door panels and welded chassis parts. After that, they might prepare displays and demos for customers or evaluate whether the conveyor belts and chemical baths need to be upgraded. At the end of the day, some of the American workers drive over to Ross's Eatery and Pub on Todd Avenue. Over Coney Island hot dogs and Yangling beer, they reminisce about old times and ask each other what the future holds. Will Foxconn stick around? Will there be any work at the plant in a few years? If we build it, will they come? Foxconn may be the single most important manufacturer in the world. There's an excellent chance you're reading this article on a Foxconn-made device. The company builds roughly two out of every three iPhones, along with the Google Pixel and Amazon Kindle. The Nintendo Switch? Foxconn. Ring doorbells? Foxconn. The list goes on and on, including Cisco Switches, Dell Laptops, and Sony Playstations. Churning out these devices, mainly in China, has allowed Foxconn to build an enormous business with $222 billion in revenue last year. But the market for many types of electronics, and particularly smartphones, is maturing with only sluggish growth in sales. Meanwhile, a China-based business model is not without risk. According to state media, The mainland government is currently examining Foxconn's tax compliance and land use policies, an unsubtle reminder of its vulnerability as a Taiwanese company. For a manufacturer of Foxconn's heft, there aren't many diversification opportunities that can move the financial needle. One of them is cars. At Lordstown and other sites around the world, Foxconn is now setting up automotive production lines, part of a plan to transform itself into a manufacturer of electric vehicles. Its pitch to legacy car companies, as well as any startup or tech player eager to get a piece of the EV revolution, is the same promise it once made to Apple. Come to us, and we'll supply, design, or assemble any part of your car, or the whole thing, faster and cheaper than you can. This is not an entirely unique idea. Magna Steyr of Austria and Finland's Valmet Automotive, longtime builders of cars for Mercedes-Benz, BMW, and others, are making a similar offer. But so far, outsourced models are a rounding error in global EV sales, which totaled $388 billion in 2022. Foxconn's argument is that handing off manufacturing could solve a number of the problems that have bedeviled the transition to EVs, at least for every automaker not named Tesla. The industry is littered with examples of startups that made bold claims about their products but underestimated the cost and complexity of setting up factories. In addition to Lordstown Motors, electric busmaker Proterra filed for Chapter 11 in August, while more successful new entrants, such as Rivian Automotive, have fallen well short of production targets. Older automakers, for their part, are struggling with rising costs, Ford loses money on every electric F-150 Lightning pickup it sells and, before suspending its 2023 guidance in late October, had warned that its EV unit was on track for a $4.5 billion annual loss. In September and October, the United Auto Workers staged unprecedented simultaneous strikes against GM, Ford, and Chrysler parent Stellantis, pushing for pay increases of as much as 40%. In response, executives argue that every dollar more in labor costs makes their electrification plans harder to achieve. Foxconn is entering uncertain territory. In the broadest sense, building EVs and smartphones involves similar skills. Both contain a battery and a lot of chips. The scale is different, however. While an iPhone contains hundreds of individual components, an EV has more like 10,000 to 15,000. So is the political context. To reduce shipping costs and avoid tariffs, Foxconn has said it plans to build EVs close to where they're sold, but its experience manufacturing in the U.S. is minimal. Its previous American showpiece, a Wisconsin plant for flat panel monitors that was touted by then-President Donald Trump as the beginning of an industrial renaissance, never reached anything close to its promised size. And trying to import the culture of Foxconn's factories in China where the company was accused in the past of treating workers so poorly that some died by suicide, could set it up for conflict with the same unions now tormenting the big three U.S. automakers. To make money from cars, Foxconn and its chief executive officer, Young Liu, will have to win the confidence of people like Lex Hufsloot, the co-founder and CEO of Dutch startup Lightyear Technologies. Hufslut is making production plans for the Lightyear 2, a five-passenger crossover partly powered by solar panels on its roof that the company intends to sell for less than 40,000 euros, about $42,200. While Hufslut has yet to settle on a partner, outsourced manufacturing is especially interesting for new brands, he says. Cost is very important, and time to market is critical. Essentially, you're looking
0: for a one-stop shop. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time.
3: Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L dot com.
2: Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. With approximately 1.2 million staff, Foxconn is the third largest private employer in the world, behind only Walmart and Amazon. Hundreds of thousands work in Shenzhen on just one site, a city within a city with dozens of factories, dorms, a hospital, banks, and restaurants. By producing multiple products in a given facility and also making many of the internal components, Foxconn can manufacture them cheaper and faster and implement the knowledge across a variety of devices. If one customer's orders dry up, it can divert the parts elsewhere, creating a deep supply chain that smaller manufacturers struggle to match. All of this is the brainchild of Terry Guo, who founded Foxconn in 1974 in Tucheng, an unloved Taipei suburb whose name translates as Dirt Town. The son of a policeman who fled the mainland during the Chinese Civil War, Guo started out making plastic knobs for TV sets, staked by a $7,500 loan from his mother. It's unclear how the company got its English name. While the Con referred to its early products, which included connectors and cables, executives can't recall where the Fox came from. After winning an order to supply joysticks to video game pioneer Atari, Guo spent almost a year pitching customers across the U.S. Soon, Foxconn was supplying the external cases for Compaq and Dell computers. Next, the motherboards and other components inside. From there, Foxconn rode each wave of new tech, from laptops and early cell phones to webcams. The process tended to be the same. At first, the company whose logo was on a device assembled it in-house. But as each class of electronics became more common, prices came down and margins shrank. One by one, major consumer technology brands got out of manufacturing, judging that Foxconn could do it more efficiently. By the time Steve Jobs introduced the iPhone in 2007, Apple had decided it wasn't even going to try to build a device on its own. Foxconn made it from the start, later joined by another Taiwanese company, Pegatron. Guo recruited Liu the same year. A Taiwanese entrepreneur with a master's degree in computer engineering from the University of Southern California, Liu had previously founded a motherboard manufacturer, later acquired by Foxconn, as well as a chip design shop. He was rapidly promoted and in 2016 took over the semiconductor business, a position that put him in line to be Guo's heir. His rise coincided with a challenge to Foxconn's strategy. With politicians in the U.S. and Europe questioning the wisdom of outsourcing so much manufacturing to China, the company looked exposed. That was particularly true in Washington, where Trump was entering the White House. Why, the thinking went, should the iPhone, the most successful consumer product in American history, be manufactured by a rival superpower? Making iPhones in the higher-cost U.S. was never going to work, unless Apple was willing to massively increase prices. Guo thought he had a solution that would satisfy Trump. In late 2016, he revealed plans for a major investment in U.S. manufacturing. Trump suggested focusing on the swing state of Wisconsin. The planned facility in Mount Pleasant about halfway between Milwaukee and Chicago, qualified for $4.5 billion in state tax incentives, the largest ever subsidy to a foreign company in the U.S., with 13,000 jobs promised in return. But most of those jobs never materialized, and in 2019, Guo resigned to seek the Taiwanese presidency. He abandoned that bid and is now running in the 2024 vote, though he lags far behind the frontrunners in opinion polls. Lou was left to sort things out. He decided to keep Mount Pleasant running by setting up an assembly line for servers. In an interview with Bloomberg Businessweek, Lou says the plant, which employs roughly 1,000 workers, will ultimately become part of Foxconn's EV supply chain. More broadly, he says, Foxconn is now better able to navigate local conditions, thanks to its experience operating factories in 24 countries. We know how to deal with the local labor process. We know how to deal with the government he says. With Lordstown and Foxconn's broader push into the automotive sector, Lou is looking to put the Wisconsin embarrassment behind him and secure a leading position in what could be a lucrative industry. Asked why he would take on the challenge of building cars, Lou answers that the logic is simple. Foxconn needs bigger markets to keep growing, and carmakers need a company like Foxconn to make their vehicles as costs rise. If you just do it by yourself, it's going to be very difficult to compete, he says. According to analysts at Goldman Sachs, the EV outsourcing market could be worth $36 billion by 2025, before ballooning to $144 billion in 2030. Even for Foxconn, that's real money. The location Foxconn chose for its American EV line is a relic not only of the heroic age of automotive manufacturing, but also of another failed Trump-era industrial policy. GM built the Lordstown complex in 1966 to produce compact cars, eventually assembling more than 16 million vehicles there. Those operations provided an economic anchor for the surrounding Mahoning Valley, which had suffered badly with the collapse of the steel industry in the 1970s. But after GM went bankrupt during the global financial crisis and then tried to regain its financial footing— the closure of Lordstown and the firing of its 1,600 remaining workers looked likely. The Rust Belt towns of northeastern Ohio were an obvious target for Trump's insurgent presidential campaign. In 2016, he comfortably won Trumbull County, which includes Lordstown, the first Republican to do so since Richard Nixon. He later visited Youngstown, where he promised to bring back factory jobs. Don't move, he told residents. Don't sell your house. When GM ended production at Lordstown anyway, Steve Burns, a software and telecommunications entrepreneur from the Cincinnati area, stepped in with a proposal to take over the plant and build electric trucks there. His new company, Lordstown Motors, became a darling of the Trump administration. Mike Pence, then vice president, visited in 2020. Three months later, Burns was invited to bring one of his early model pickups to the White House. But in March 2021, Less than a year after he took Lordstown Motors public through a $675 million special acquisition company deal, short-seller Hindenburg Research accused Burns of touting a largely fictitious order book as a prop to raise capital and confer legitimacy. Investigations by the Department of Justice and the Securities and Exchange Commission followed. Burns denied the allegations at the time. He didn't respond to requests for comment. Burns resigned as Lordstown Motors' CEO in June 2021. The new management began negotiations for a $230 million deal that would see Foxconn take over its factory and absorb its workers while injecting $50 million into the startup. According to Rick Raji, a GM and Magna veteran who represented Foxconn in the negotiations, a key plank of the deal was separating the fortunes of Lordstown Motors from those of the Lordstown complex, in which Foxconn saw considerable potential. Initially, some locals were skeptical. From day one when we came here, we realized that there were a lot of broken promises that happened in the valley, Raji says. After the deal was concluded in the spring of 2022, Raji and colleagues got to work turning the plant into a Foxconn facility. They began refurbishing more than 500 Fanuc robot arms inherited from GM and took stock of the laser welding machine, stamping rigs, and equipment needed to move vehicles along assembly lines. They spent $700,000 to fix up the 159-foot water tower, which now bears the Foxconn logo, and they renamed the factory Foxconn Ohio, an attempt to disassociate it from Lordstown Motors, which has since sued Foxconn for holding back on further investments in the company. Foxconn says it's maintained a positive attitude in dealing with Lordstown Motors and calls the action baseless. The smaller company's current CEO, Edward Hightower, says the parties involved must remain committed to be successful. He declined to comment on the DOJ and SEC probes. Some of the GM equipment can be repurposed to build EVs right away, Other infrastructure will need upgrades. For example, Foxconn is planning to modify the paint shop so workers can add more sound-deadening material to a vehicle chassis. That's because electric motors are quieter, making road noise more noticeable. The 400-plus staff on site aren't unionized, though that could change. Last year, the UAW overwhelmingly won a vote to organize workers at Ultium Cells, a nearby battery plant that supplies GM. Foxconn says that, with some expansion, it can build 500,000 vehicles a year in Ohio, bearing the badges of as-yet-unidentified car brands. To put that number into context, Tesla made about 1.4 million cars in 2022. According to Raji, about 10 potential customers have entered negotiations on manufacturing there, with half at an advanced stage. Danish entrepreneur Henrik Fisker who's been working to build a new EV company since his first went bankrupt in 2013, is one of the few to have made his interest public. He's been in talks with Foxconn to build the pair, a small crossover with a drawer-style front trunk. It's supposed to go on sale in 2025. Some Foxconn-manufactured cars may employ an architecture called MIH, for Mobility in Harmony an in-house platform that allows clients to design vehicles from pre-selected components. Foxconn has long employed a similar plug-and-play strategy for electronics. It has the added benefit of reducing the number of parts that need to be made or brought in. Eventually, they might be able to talk to each other without the cables and connectors that thread through cars today. Foxconn's R&D department is working on an initiative to run EV components wirelessly, eliminating wiring harnesses that can add more than 100 pounds of weight. Building a car is still far more challenging than constructing a phone, says Yu Chan Ding, the head of China Auto Research at HSBC Shanghai Securities, not the least because of the importance of quality control. If something goes wrong with a phone, you can just reboot it. But you can't reboot a car going at 100 miles per hour, she says. Foxconn's grandest auto ambitions won't come to fruition for some time. Today, it's making exactly one product at Lordstown, the MKV, an $89,000 autonomous electric farm vehicle sold by Monarch Tractor. Monarch, based in Livermore, California, evaluated 16 manufacturers before choosing the plant last year. Co founder and president Mark Schwager, who previously worked on ramping up production of the Model S at Tesla, says the Foxconn Lordstown combination offered experience building vehicles at scale, experience with startups, as well as a hungry workforce eager to get back into the game. While it's not glamorous, the MKV has obvious appeal. One person can operate several at a time, a boon to farmers struggling with labor shortages. Since crop fields don't generally contain other traffic or pedestrians, autonomy is a less fraught concept than on city streets. A swappable battery means it can run all day without stopping to charge. In Lordstown, Foxconn workers hand-assemble the MKV's battery packs, each of which provides 14 hours of juice. After that, they join up the steel frame, wheels, and pneumatic systems. But Foxconn doesn't construct the roof, which is packed with sensors and camera arrays that enable autonomous operations. Instead, Monarch does that in California, and ships the roof units to Ohio for final assembly. It's a hint of how Foxconn might make EVs for other companies, but no more than a hint. So far, Monarch's production is measured in the dozens.
0: You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time.
3: Hi, I'm Ron Kraszewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial Advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. So, there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com.
2: Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. In Taiwan, Liu works out of a drab five-story building about 10 miles from central Taipei that serves as Foxconn's headquarters. There's a small, noisy factory on the ground floor, where green stamping machines uncoil narrow rolls of copper tape and then punch out connectors for chips and cables. At lunchtime, the aroma of braised pork belly and other Taiwanese dishes being served in the cafeteria mingles with the hot smell of lubricating oil. In his corner office on the top floor, Liu dials into one of his regular meetings during a recent visit by Businessweek. It's an 8.30 a.m. conference call devoted to health and safety issues that could affect Foxconn's factories. Arrayed in front of Liu are a range of devices from his most important customer—a MacBook, an iPhone, and two iPads, one of which he uses to keep open a separate call with his assistants, asking them to note topics for follow-up. First, managers from factories in China, Mexico, and elsewhere— recount steps they've taken to improve safety, documented with before-and-after photos. Then comes a discussion on fire prevention, with reports on the causes of recent blazes at a competitor's factory in India and a warehouse storing golf balls in Taiwan. We have to learn from others, Liu says. Liu is 67, with thick hair and an easy smile that belies a competitive streak. He usually gets to the office just after 6 a.m. When someone beats him there... He's been known to come in earlier the next day. He was a pitcher on his college baseball team and likes to extend both arms to show that his throwing arm is noticeably longer, a legacy of years of curveballs. In his telling, running Foxconn is a constant struggle to keep up with developments in technology and then making sure the company can manufacture the necessary hardware. In his office, he keeps books on the coding language Python, artificial intelligence platform ChatGPT, and various AI journals. He reserves two days of his week, Wednesdays and Thursdays, for planning future endeavors and meeting with Foxconn's R&D teams. And he might spend a Saturday morning in a study session with an expert on quantum computing. I urge all my managers to learn the technology that they'll be in charge of, Lou says. They're able to comprehend and make better decisions that way. Foxconn's business plan is designed to take advantage of emerging technologies while diversifying away from smartphones. Analysts estimate that Apple accounts for about half of Foxconn's total revenue from electronic parts and assembly. Liu calls the strategy 3 plus 3. The first digit represents the industries he believes Foxconn needs to conquer next, healthcare devices, robotics, and EVs. The second is for the underlying tech. AI, semiconductors, and telecommunications. Building market share in any of those areas would require major capital investment. Targeting all of them at the same time will take a truly enormous outlay, though with almost $40 billion in cash on hand at the end of June, Foxconn is in a better position than most. In EVs, Lordstown is just the start of a push to build out a global automotive footprint. Foxconn broke ground on an EV plant in Thailand last year, with a targeted annual output of 150,000 vehicles. It's planning others in India and potentially Saudi Arabia, with investment from the country's sovereign wealth fund. Liu says a facility in Europe will follow. Ultimately, those factories might make much of their profit from producing parts rather than finished vehicles, says Cheng Tai-she, a professor of economics at the University of Chicago Booth School of Business who studied Foxconn. I suspect that they would be pretty happy if it turns out that their business of actually making cars for other customers ends up being mainly supplying components, Shea says. Behind all these plans is an unspoken possibility, that reducing dependence on the iPhone may not mean reducing dependence on Apple. Under CEO Tim Cook, Apple has been working on a project to build an autonomous EV for about 10 years. Bloomberg News has reported that the effort could deliver a car by the end of this decade. With its long experience making products for the world's most valuable company, initially alongside the secrecy-obsessed jobs, Foxconn staff know better than to comment on the topic. Mention a potential Apple car to Lou or any of his colleagues, and you can count on a very short discussion. There are still some big ifs. Apple might never bring its car to market, or might choose a different manufacturing partner. Reports trickled out in 2021 that it was in discussions with Hyundai, which unwisely confirmed the rumors. A couple of weeks later, it reversed itself and said there were no such talks. But if Foxconn builds an automotive arm that can successfully manufacture EVs at scale, it's hard to think of a more obvious partner for the iCar, or whatever it ends up being called. The entry barrier for this industry is high, Liu says. Not many of my competitors are able to go into that. With Mark German.
3: Hi, I'm Ron Kraszewski, Chairman and CEO of Steeple. Financial advisors, let's face it if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. There's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com.
2: Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE.
1: The countdown has begun from May 14th to 16th,